Hi everyone, this episode of Soap from the Box is sponsored by Podcorn. Who is that, you're asking? It's not a soap star, it's a marketplace that connects podcasters like me to sponsorship opportunities without the middleman, and we all love that. So whatever size podcast you have, you can collaborate with brands directly. It has been so easy. So if you too are looking for sponsorship, visit Podcorn now. You can find the link in my show notes. Hi everyone, welcome to series two of the ultimate TV podcast, Soap from the Box. I'm Lee Salisbury and I directed some of the country's biggest soaps for over 10 years. And in this podcast, I speak to some of the biggest stars of UK television. This series, there's two episodes every single Sunday. So make sure after you listen to this one, you listen to the other one. Enjoy. Okay, my guest today has left no leaf unturned. He was had a nation swooning at him in Hollyoaks and Holby City. He's made it through unharmed on Celebrity Big Brother and even faced Simon Cow on X Factor. Hi, Jeremy. Yeah. Evans. Hey, Lee, how you doing? I'm nice good, mate. How are you? So I'll tell you, I always start this. Obviously, we're going to talk about the programs you've been in, a bit about you on the podcast, but I always start with a memorable mm-hmm. moment and we just talk before we start recording, actually. And I said I yeah. met you which it must be now that's 20 years ago probably when i worked yeah. at saturday show and i used to book the the, the non the non-singing guests so i think you were on hold yeah. at the time you came on and probably yeah. did enjoy like i think we did like a fat sumo wrestler game that you had to put a suit on did you ever i remember that, that. i did remember it. Yeah. i remember it and i remember it elise detoit was on it with me and uh kwame uh from casualty and you know who was singing on that at that at that show was jessica simpson before she was, oh, she was, was famous she? Oh, wow. realities. yeah i've got a very good memory i've got all these weird memories i remember it i remember that's it a time. mad who yeah. i remember that yeah because we always used to put people in sumo suits and you used yes. to like one of s club juniors or something i remember this much Lee. i took it far too seriously yeah I well, was everyone going to the... did because everyone's really they, they're like fine it's fine and then get really competitive when it comes to yeah. it yeah yeah, I mean, I kept body slamming whoever it was, like, over and over. Like, I, really I think you might have paid, um, yeah, the girl you said, what was her name? Sorry, Elise de Trois. Yeah, Elise de Trois. Yeah. I her, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I remember it vividly. And I think, uh, yeah, it was at the time Saturday morning television was obviously so huge because kids didn't have social It was media. amazing, wasn't yeah. it? I was just, I, I missed those days. I think Ant and Deck had been doing some documentary about SMTV. Yeah, they did an SMTV revisited, yeah, because they used to be our competition, but it was those days yeah. where... Um, uh, I mean, I've started a podcast called Pop, Pop, Pop from the Box. I spoke to Sonia the other day, and I was like, yeah. "All really that innocent?" Because it felt like a really innocent time. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was. But I remember when um, this is going back when um, SMTV first started, because uh, we used to go um, between one and the other. I was on one Saturday show or the other one pretty much all the time. Yeah, I used to really yeah. enjoy. I used to really enjoy them, but. I remember Ant and Deck were mucking about, and it became, it was so like it was Zoe and Jamie were on the uh, live and kicking on BBC One. Nobody watched Ant and Deck, and they were like, to be honest, we just mess about because no one's watching, yeah, and yeah. so and they just something. didn't care. No, that that was the thing. They were just like, no one's watching us. We all know they're watching the other channel, so we just we just have a laugh and muck about, and then it that really took on all their sort of silly, which has become their sort of, dare I say, presenter style now, of just 
being themselves and taking the mick out of each other. Do you know what I mean? And um, no, totally. And I think when Jamie and Zoe huge. left, and then um, I remember the Saturday yeah, shows. They struggled. Go on to you in a minute, but the Saturday show they started it really mm. wrongly because it was all students watching as well as kids, and the Saturday show started. They tried to aim it at yeah. students, which was the worst thing because then it was like you couldn't be cool yes. about it. Do you know what I mean? You couldn't be cool about it. No, <laughs> but let's talk no, about for you not, obviously. Let's talk about Hollyoaks, which is, I mean, I was an addict fan yeah. at the time and you were there from the very beginning, the original cast in 1995. Very first scene, yeah. Yeah, which is in yeah. 1995, it's incredible. Uh, so, I mean, firstly, what was it like to yeah. join, what was it like being there at the beginning of something brand new? I mean, did you all, I mean, I worked with James Redman as well and Terry Dwyer. Were you, yeah. were you aware yeah. that it was, I mean, it must be so exciting, but did you, were you aware that it was going to become massive? I suppose you'd never know. No, we weren't aware. Um, it wasn't exciting. It was terrifying. Um, <laughs> I it, no, it, it was so scary. I I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, a lot of people will go, "Yeah, that was obvious," but I genuinely didn't. Um, I arrived there and I got given all these scripts, and um, I didn't realize. I thought I had to learn the whole lot. Like, oh, right. I, I didn't know. I. I couldn't understand the schedule because I'd only ever done plays and things at school. I hadn't yeah. done TV and it. Nobody how bothered old to you explain then? to me. How old oh, no, you only... I was, I was the oldest at 23, I think. Or 22. Right, okay. Wow. Uh, and I felt funny. really old, but I, I'd been to university. I, you know, and um, I'd had a life. Uh, do you know what I mean? A bit, a bit of a life anyway, before yeah. starting with the others were all very fresh, straight, straight out of school, like 18 or, or, or whatever, or drama school. Or um, so it was terrifying. And, and again, and, and to answer your second thing, did we know it could be so big? No. I mean, it, we weren't going to be recommissioned. We did 10 episodes. Wow. And it was really hanging in the balance. And nobody knew. And we broke for Christmas, I think, uh, or something like that. And I went away on holiday, uh, not knowing that they decided they were going to pick it up. And nobody had a clue. And I just thought, oh, well, there we go. It's a six-month job. Or yeah, whatever. that was a long-time job, so yeah. She, yeah, and, I, and um, no clue, but we worked really hard to try and make it as good as we could. And I think the thing that they were very lucky with, or maybe not, it's just really good casting by Dorothy Andrew at the time, was that we all genuinely really liked each other. And so it, the, the, the relationship with myself and Will and Nick, so Kurt and Jambo and Tony, was real because we, we shared a house. We mucked yeah. about. We just went on screen and carried on a bit like we were saying at day. But not quite as, as easy flowing as that. But we just would, we just had a laugh with each other. And that really nailed it because even though the scripts weren't terribly strong, the storylines weren't terribly racy at that time, it was all a bit saccharine. Because of our camaraderie, it came across on the screen. I think people thought, oh, they're, they look like they're having fun. And of course, then you want to you keep watching. So yeah, uh, and that, definitely that was a lucky thing, really. And I think how soaps changed so much now is the cast is huge. Yeah. But at the time, yeah. if you look back, it was a very small cast. I mean, there were literally, you know, there probably were more. Seven. Cast. There was about seven of you. Yeah, there was no. a, that was it, no, wasn't it? Honestly, was, yeah, there were seven of us. And I, I like to remind everybody when I went back there, I was the lead. It was like, yeah, it was about Kurt and his friends. But it yeah, kind it of was. was. Yeah, I, was. I, I was in all the scenes. And, and I... And I was the least experienced. Everyone was so kind because they could have been dicks. 
you know, they could have just been, oh, well, you know, uh, but they weren't. Everyone really, I, I, Will used to share a room with me. I used to get Will to come and stay, we used to get like a twin room in my hotel. So Will and I would stay, because so I'd literally work all through the night. He'd say, do it again, do it again, try this, just so I could sort of try and get up to speed, because I, I was struggling. But it was nice, you know, we pulled together, we all wanted it to work, and it did. And I'm very proud of the fact that it's, it's, oh, it's yeah. still here 25 years I think original, original Hollyoaks, I mean, it's a totally different show now, but... It, I think the original was really iconic. Yeah. I think it was new. It was exciting. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, there was nothing like it because you had the other soaps obviously going on, but you had Grange Hill on BBC mm. One, obviously much younger yeah. skewed, and they tried to make it cooler. And then Hollyoaks came about, and it was the first soap programme that was, you know, on for a yeah. certain age range. And I think, I mean, I, even, I mean, obviously, we, I was at university at the time, so it wasn't just younger. You yeah. Know, it, it got the nation. Do you know what I mean? Because like you said, that's what it was I for remember the U7 totally and utterly. And I remember I went, yeah. I actually went to Vegas for the BBC Holiday Program with James and Terry. And I was oh, yeah. just how close they, you know, it was amazing. You could see the fact that everyone got on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we really did. I mean, we 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 really did. We absolutely loved it. What was funny though is we got a lot of stick, a lot of stick at the beginning, because you know, we're 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 British and Americans yeah, do it. Nice you know, we were, Phil yeah, Redman was trying to he, he was trying to copy the 90210 type thing. And, right, yeah. um, and it was all, it was the fil- there was like a filter on it before people knew what filters were, you know, it had a nice glossy look to it and all this. It was, it was put through a different process in the editing. So everyone looked even better and everyone was, you know, good looking and young and all the rest of it. Um, and then it was interesting because it got so much stick. And then you noticed within literally, and I, I love telling this, you know, like a year after we'd started, the EastEnders suddenly employed Paul Nichols to hit yes, that market. Yeah, and, Coronation Street, and Coronation Street brought in Adam Rickett. Adam Rickett and these yeah. were people, and, and these were, you know, and all of, and I think there was some Noah Huntley and uh, someone else. Were in in Emmerdale, yeah. Started, they, every other time. So they were giving it all this about, oh, yeah, then it's very, didn't take long before they were sort of thinking, hang on a minute, <laughs> we need to get some hunks there. And also with girls as well. But I only remember the boys because I was in fierce competition with them. Yeah, but, um, I know. The, the, <laughs> I don't remember the girls, but uh, you know, and they're all the girls that are getting more glamorous now. And you know, you look at you've got your Michelle Keegan's, your Catherine, you know, all the girls that come through now. And then in only Stenders, there's lots of hotties, you know, boys and girls. And it it wasn't a thing before because it was all very much like, no, it's gritty, it's real life. And um, and well, people and not like, even that. I mean, well, like we, when you speak, when I spoke, I spoke to Sue Johnson on the first episode, and like she said, you know, quite oh, yeah. for years was it was really old people in it. You know, you never had yeah, young people in it yeah. at all. That's very true, actually. Yeah, yeah. It was all very open. Yeah. And that's what. Um, and then suddenly, yeah, Hollyoaks changed it to being like, oh, I think there's an audience, and we have to remember to everyone listening. This is way before, like, even phone. I mean, I don't think phones existed. I think they just came in, actually. Maybe no mobiles were there because I remember we used to text each other. We, they had just come out like a year before, ninety four. Oh, okay, right, yeah, yeah. But yeah. without social media, obviously, you didn't. You, I mean, nowadays, no. Hollyoaks is probably the most talked about social media show because obviously that's the audience that's using social yes. media. So, I mean, what did you notice? I mean, I spoke to a new cast member, Billy Price, actually, on the podcast. You know, obviously, he's very got his head screwed on, and he's like, God, immediately, I was like, God, I can't pay too much attention to social media. But did it change your life overnight? You know, was it that? Because nowadays it does because you're instantly on. You yeah. Know, no. What, what was it like then? It didn't at all because um, it takes. Back then, there used to be a saying, it takes about sort of three years to get ingrained into the public uh, domain because it would take that long because people, you know, would flick around or that, you know, they would, it was very transient and they'd go from channel to channel and they would, you know, like you say, 
it, it just wasn't all the other outlets that there are now. And I remember actually at one point when Nick and I were getting the train back from Liverpool, we got off at Euston Station and for the press launch, they did these what we call jazz buses where they put my, my a picture of me full length on the side of buses, London buses, wow. just me, not, not the others, just me. And we got out at Euston Station and we both went and there were like six of them queuing up. That is amazing. And I stood there and, and we looked at each other and went, Oh shit. Like <laughs> it was huge. And I went down, I spent that weekend going on Oxford street and it was just, they would, they just had hammered it. Absolutely. Every single bus in a row, there were like rows and rows and rows of pictures of me. Nobody knew who I was. So nobody was relating it to me. So I was walking around, going to the shops, going down the pub, seeing my mates and nobody was equating it with that guy because it, it took, they had to, it took so much longer to get into to people's get into people psyche. You see what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then we were just we were just working all the time. So we never we worked. We just worked. I well, did of until I, mean, I, left, yeah, I didn't even think, realize. Yeah, the idea of having seven cars now with the schedules, you know, because how it was still on. What was it on? Yeah. Twice a week, three times a week? No, it was only on once a week. And oh, then, once um, a week at that point, right? Okay. But I mean, it took a long time to film. Yeah, I mean, it's always know, been single uh, camera, and it's always been filmed, yes, like you said, yes. kind of differently, so that which does take much yeah. longer. Um, yeah, because yeah, so it's lit better and all the rest of it, and uh, just poof, we did. We worked so hard. I didn't really feel famous in the variety comments until I left the show, moved back to London, and then I had time off, and I'd be out and about, and people because in Liverpool where we were working, we'd drive to the studio. We all lived in, the boys lived in one house, the girls lived in the house next door. We were a very close community. We had lots of parties amongst ourselves. The crew would come round. We'd go to this Italian restaurant down the road. And that was it, really, because we just didn't have time. So it was quite back to ours after yeah. work sort of thing. So we were in a, we really were in a bubble and um, nobody came from Liverpool. So nobody was at home. So everyone was away from home, which again means that people are closer and you rely on each other. So yeah. you become very close. And like I said, until I left, I didn't, I had no clue, you know. Um, and then I found it really uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. I just, it doesn't, it's not something that's ever suited me. I just found, I was like, I hated it. People looking at me all the time and I, I became very self-conscious and slightly reclusive. Yeah, I think so, I mean, uh, that happens to so many people because suddenly I think that's what, uh, you can never prepare yourself for fame, can you either? Like you can't, no. like I could go, oh yeah, I'd be fine with it. But you know, you can never ever prepare yourself for it ever. And no, also the pressure on you. And also, I mean, you know, famously you went out with Rachel Stevens as well, which must have been a great yeah, yeah. time because that, you know, saying that you wanted to be a recluse, I mean, that must have been that you catapulted that was like a, mega stardom. Yeah, we did. We were, um, and I've said this many times and, um, I, and my wife knows this and Rachel knows it. It was the destruction of our relationship. Both right. Rachel and I have agreed that. It was, the pressure was so much when we got engaged and it was just, we were offered stupid amounts of money. You know, we were offered two million pounds, wow. right? To sell our wedding photos, honeymoon photos and our firstborn. It was literally like signing a, seat, a, a deal wow. with the devil. And I turned it down. I was like, I don't want to do that. And and uh, I just thought, I, this is ridiculous. There's nothing. We couldn't go. I mean, that was crazy. She was, it wasn't me. It was her. Well, it was a combination because it was her. But then, of course, when she yeah, got with me. and I was well, like, At that time, I think, the, yeah, it was the combination. You know, when you have a combination. It was the combination. Yeah, it's it's not double. It's squared. Do you know what I mean? And it, yeah, when yeah. there's two of you and I. And Holby, we were getting 10, 12 million viewers. And I was the kind of the young guy on that. So, I, you know, we, I, we had a following. I had a following. And she, but we couldn't, we could not go anywhere. I kid you not. We'd go on holiday and there would be hell helicopters circling with people oh trying to take photos God. by the pool no i'm not even joking it was like oh, no i, know. It, I mean I've it, been was, there it was with some people like that and it's uh it, it but you're horrible. so right 
you're so right saying, um, and it's great for people out there to hear that, that I've always said this, like to mates who I've got who have, um, I remember, I mean, I'm really good mates with Jenna Coleman, who's obviously now massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when she had demo down and she decided whether to do Doctor Who, I was like, just don't, um, just never do okay or hello. Because I always believe that once you sold, once you, once you yeah. sold to the devil, I mean, they will come back and want that two million pounds back. Do you know what I mean? In yeah, see, the thing is, Lee, I'm going to think, I'm going to say you're wrong. Because I think I thought that was the case and I stuck to my guns and I refused every kind of thing about my personal life. I, in interviews, annoyingly, imagine going on TV shows and they always want to talk about it. And I'd say, I don't really want to talk about yeah, that. I don't that's know all they, that's, that's, that's all that. And, and it's even when we, when we broke up, it drove them insane that I wouldn't talk about it. You know, they could, they were expecting me to do some, I don't know, but we kind of, we respected and we still loved each other. It just wasn't yeah. going to work. Right. And that's a nice thing. There was no one else involved. So it's a mature thing to do. And if ever I see her around, which doesn't really happen very much, we're still friends and it's nice. And I know Alex and she's met Lydia and all the rest of it. So it's not a, it's not a big, you know, it's a shame. Yeah. But, yeah. but actually, in hindsight, I probably would have been better because you look at people who handled it very well. And I'm obviously we're nowhere near the Beckhams, although the interest was massive. They do deal. You can then I actually, you're, you're better off con yeah. controlling it. Yeah, because then... One photographer is the only person who's allowed to print pictures of you. So it stops those helicopters, whatever, because the newspapers will sue them. Yeah, so you don't yeah. have to protect yourself. Yeah, that's just very, say, okay. I've never thought of that. That's very good. No, I, I wish I'd done it. I could have made a shitload of money and <laughs> yeah. had a bit more privacy. I'd be living in the Bahamas or something. I'm sure you have. I've been to a couple of those OK Hello magazine weddings. And they are a bit weird when you get, you know, you get everything taken off you. And it's very... Um, mm. You know, yeah, I do think some people's days I go, oh, would I really Oh, no, I don't think, I don't mean the wedding. I mean, just in general, because I was, I was living in North London at the time and it became very trendy. I'd lived there for a long time, Primrose Hill area. Oh, lovely, Park, yeah. And it was suddenly, it became super trendy. And so I couldn't walk my, anywhere I went. It was just paps everywhere because that's what people did. But uh, no, I mean, yeah, the wedding thing, you know what I did though, when I got married, because we got offered all that and it was a bit difficult. So what I did was, I sold my pictures to them after the event. Yes, that's so amazing. I could yeah. rather. Uh, so I got my my own wedding photographer did our pictures, and then we got a much much smaller fee. But nobody could. Everyone could just have the day as they wanted it and take yeah, their own yeah, pictures yeah. as well. Yeah. So that's a really good. Point. It's that thing of finding a balance. Yeah. So I do think you've got to you've got to play the game. But of course, you're right though, because it is finding the balance when you're when you're in the middle of it. It's very hard to find the balance, as you know. You know, yeah. it's, very, it's very easy to look back and it's very easy to think forward. But when you're in the middle of a, I mean, I remember working on those mm -hmm. shows with S Club. I mean, Rachel was one of the only ones that would never yeah. come for drinks because because of the attention. She, she yeah. it was like you were the star of Hollywood. She was the star of S Club Seven. But and how they were yeah, yeah. back then. I mean, I remember S Club Seven being literally they'd be holding oh. their hair up in makeup. You know, because they were fast asleep, they yeah. didn't know what country they were in. I mean, you think it was so. You know, oh man, you know, it was ridiculous. They had like, was then. I felt really sorry for those guys. I really, obviously, I got to know them all. I used to go and stay. They were filmed in Barcelona, and they filmed in yeah. LA. And I used to fly and go and stay and live with them. And so I got to know their work schedule was punishing because we, I was shooting TV show. They were shooting a TV show and then and recording being, and yeah. then doing pr promo and doing tours and. All this sort of stuff on top, and on a, I, I don't know what I'm allowed to say about this, but on an annual wage, they didn't get any percentage. No, oh, I know. They and, there were and there were seven they, of them. <laughs> yeah, but they would get, they were just given a wage. Not okay. like, you know, like you think they'd make, they, no, they didn't Royalties make anything like that. No. I mean, I think like the younger yeah. listeners listening to this, that's what somebody would have no idea because music's changed so much, TV's changed so much. You would never. Yeah. 
I mean, most yeah. youngsters I know would never even think that a program's on at seven o'clock. No, there's no time scale for TV now. Do you know what I mean? It's all on catch up. No, that's true. That's true. On streaming, yeah, they're still living in that kind of schedule when you go back down by the seven inch single and not just stream it online. But anyway, let's go back to Hollyoaks. <laughs> you adventure. Yeah, there was so many storylines that happened. There was, I mean, Hollyoaks, I think, from the beginning, and it still does, as much as, I mean, because I've directed on Hollyoaks as well, and I found it quite tricky myself because it's, a lot of it's so removed from reality, which I find quite tricky myself mm. to direct because you're mm. kind of going, my God, where's the truth in this? But they do handle some mm. really big, powerful, important subjects, which they always mm. have. And you must have felt the pressure back then when they were doing that. I mean, you were involved in quite a lot of those things, including um, yeah. one of the characters got your sister addicted to heroin back then, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. And then it was a huge thing. Oh, it was a huge thing when Natasha, in, in order to, we were told by Channel 4 they needed to ramp it up because we were competing with other, you know, more grown up when she took an ecstasy tablet and died. And it was huge because it was, it was somebody taking drugs at a party, you know, and back in 95, that was a huge deal, yeah, you know, right, to show yeah, that on television. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they've all, they've done that really well. Um, and I, I was a little scared, if I'm honest, because I wasn't, I was very underconfident. And when they offered me the male rape storyline, which Gary Lucy did brilliantly, but they offered that to me. Before, oh, really? Before I really? I didn't know that. And I, I turned it down because I genuinely didn't know I could do it justice. And it was that, you know, you were saying that um, I could now, I mean, but at that time I was just like, oh, I don't know. I, don't know. Yeah. I didn't feel comfortable with it. I, 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 I found it quite hard. I'd had to deal with my my brother's death in the show and various things, these quite emotional scenes. And it, it's very tiring as well. And I was sort of leaving and it was just riding off into the sunset and I just kind of wanted to keep it like that, you know? Yeah. Um, but they kind of wanted to tempt me with it to keep, basically they wanted me to stay another yeah, six months did, and I didn't yeah. want to. Yeah. And they said, gonna leave and they, and they said, oh, we'll give you this massive, exactly. Um, but, uh, and it's that thing like you're saying about it, because they do some of it so removed from reality, you're thinking, is this just going to look kind of insulting, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. But it didn't. And they pull it out of the bag. And I think that's a very, I mean, I'm incredibly proud of the show and I adore the show. And I think that's a very, very clever thing that they do because it does have its sort of laughs and foibles and all these sort of almost eccentricities. But then when it gets down to the nitty gritty, it does it very well. So it gets the message across, you know. Yeah, it does. And actually it's always excellent because yeah, it can go from such extremes, but they always, and it's so important. I always say this to every guest that's been on, you know, most of them have been involved in a big storyline. You know, the power, I mean, I did the cop death. I remember uh, Adele, which is probably the biggest one I did. And oh God. The, the, the power afterwards that you have on people is, is actually makes you feel so, yeah. you know, you're like, oh, you feel like you've done something in the world. Because the TV can sometimes feel like yes. living a, you know, a dream life. Um, and we don't oh, I know. I don't, to help I, people. And actually those absolutely. stories. Absolutely. You want to go and get a proper job. You want to go and get a proper yeah, job. Yeah. You? And sort of go, yeah. oh, come on, this is. I stop mucking about. Let's actually do something good. But you realise that we do, do sometimes have a real effect on people. Yes, yes, indeed. And everyone needs an escape. So I was like, think, well, you know, someone's gonna, someone's gonna do it. So. Yeah. But there then you when go. you left, you actually died off screen, didn't you? Six months later, which must have been a bit of a, a bit mm. of an annoyance. That was a contractual thing. Oh, <laughs> I can okay. say it. Oh, now. Right. Okay. But, um, they got pissed off at me because they said, because I turned down the storyline, the thingy storyline, and they were desperate to have me back because they were genuinely worried. This is not me. This is because they'd invested so much in the character. They yeah, just no, didn't cool. see it coming yeah. that I'd want to leave. They were like, what? You're 
going to leave? I was like, yeah, I don't, I'm out of contract in two months time. I'm going. And they were like, Oh my God, you can't. And I said, well, I can actually. Um, and I did. And, but Phil Redmond said to me at the very first soap boys, he said, would you come back? And, and I said, well, yeah, I've got, I'd never say never. You know, you gave me the start and all the rest of it. I'd been away about six months by then. I'd been doing some presenting gigs and, uh, in the States, which was great fun. I was having a really nice time. And then they never came up with it. I never heard a thing about it. Right. And then I went up for Holby and I got offered Holby. And so my agent contacted them and said, look, what's going on? And they said, well, you know, we haven't, we need a contract if he's going to do it. And anyway, long story short, they went, they, the, the producer at the time threw all her toys out the pram and said, right, we're killing him off then. <laughs> and often, and killed my character. Yeah, which is often what they do. I mean, that's what happens in soap, obviously, as we know, producers change so much and they'll come in and obviously normally bring their own characters in now. No, it was the same producer. No, it was the same producer. It was the same producer from day one. No, she just basically took personal umbrage. She rang me personally and said, how can you let us down like this? And I said, I've been ringing for a contract for two months. You haven't come up with anything. The BBC are offering me a three-year deal and I haven't heard anything from you guys. So I'm going to take the, I took the job, you know. It's just what you do. And I remember, oh, he can still, Sorry, they were quite, and BBC were happy for me to go back and do, they were happy for me to go and do three months for this storyline and, and and whilst filming Holby. I'd have made that a fortune. I'd be double bubble. It'd be fantastic. Yeah, that'd be amazing. But anyway, there you go. And Which also, is why think, they brought me back. And I, I think it's important to say as well, like producers, because I've worked there and I know what it's like. You've got, I mean, back then I suppose a bit different, but when you're balancing, say on Emmerdale, 60 cast members and everyone's got their own wanting to leave at certain times, it's quite, a, obviously they've got a really yeah, tough yeah. job as well, haven't they? Because especially course, back then when you were such a huge star of it, they must, I think you always, um, as a producer, you'd always be like, oh my God, do you know what I mean? And it's, um, mm-hmm. I suppose nowadays, they, that's why they make the cast so much bigger because people do leave. But so then you, um, let's talk about, you returned obviously as a ghost in 2013, but then the big comeback obviously has been this year. That you it wasn't really a ghost, out. it was more, it was, it was more in Tony's imagination. Yeah, more. It was, he was that It was yeah. That wasn't. Yeah, yeah it wasn't. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, no. Yeah, it wasn't dressing a white sheet with yeah, yeah. Um, but then no, you've just no. gone back, obviously, last year for the twenty fifth anniversary, which was amazing to see you back. But obviously, yeah, you think heavily publicised now the fact that you got. I suppose what was it like going back into a show that you started? I mean, obviously, you must have seen how different it was now. Well, it was uh, yeah. It, it, it's very different now. Um, I, I, lo- I knew most of the crew are still there. Some of the directors are still there. A lot of the cast are still there. People don't realise. They weren't necessarily original, original, but there were people who were there when I was there. And there were people that I knew from other jobs who've subsequently gone on there, like Richard Blackwood and uh, various people. So it was quite nice in that. And Anna Passy, I knew. And quite a few people I knew, you know, I'm friends with outside of, of work. So it was, I was really... I mean, was it quicker? Was it, I mean... No, but no, no we, it was COVID though, wasn't it? So oh, of course, it, yeah. Basically, it all, it just all became a bit of a shit show for want of a better word, because I was honest, I was going to be going back for a lot longer, doing more episodes, open-ended and COVID struck. We And rather than sacrifice me coming back at all, because they didn't want to expand, if anything, they need to reduce the cast because you only shoot with certain people. Yeah, yeah. They had to scrap 30, they had to scrap bin 30 episodes and rewrite to change the way they were shooting but Brian still wanted me back and he phoned me and apologized and so we just did a short stint in hindsight probably would have been better to leave it alone if I'm honest 
because it it did it was not, neither one thing nor the other. Yeah. I didn't feel comfortable. We didn't know where we were going with it. They didn't know where they were going with it. And we had subsequent chats about it. And I just thought, and, and I, I've got a daughter now and a wife, and it was hard being away. And I was all prepared to go for six months, possibly a year. Uh, but doing three months and then not knowing my future, sort of say, well, we're going to try and bring you back. And they're saying still, I mean, the fact is now that he's alive, he can come back. At any yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But for the time being, I, I've, I, I've said, I, I just, nah, it's, it's all right. I'm just going to crack on. Hollyoaks is probably, I think, the most affected by all the soaps because it is, it does push the boat out how they film and stuff. And actually... It's the show that, you know, everyone's getting it on with each other and stuff. It's the hardest one to film. Well, this is it. I was supposed to be, you know, dating Tony's sister, and I didn't. I'd never touched the girl. I'd never actually touched her, you know, uh, let alone <laughs> yeah. kissed her or anything. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and you know, I, I wasn't, my Tony, I was there, a bit wonderful reunion. I never got to hug him. I never got to, you know, know. any of that. So it was difficult. But it was lovely seeing everyone, but I didn't get, it was just, it was just such a shame because it would have been a very different experience and a very different storyline, a much longer, stronger storyline. I may well still be there. And I would still be there now, actually. Yeah. But um, And also, I didn't get to go out with anyone in the, in the evening. I was just going back to an apartment on my yeah, own. See, that's so really lonely. So I was, at the beginning, I was like, this is going to be great. I've got no childcare. I can go out with Nick in the oh, evenings. Mate, I can yeah. do this. I can play. And, and I couldn't do anything, any of that. So it was all coupled together, I just, uh, for now. Who knows? Yeah. Never say never. Maybe. No, never say never. Too, just, you know? And then obviously you have had to deal with social media whilst you've been back. And obviously not mm. being on it, you must have, I mean, as we talked to Billy about this, the, most people out there in our society want to just put people down. But it must, I mean, I've had it myself, at, not yeah. at any scale like you have but as a director. You know, you never get nice comments. You just get, oh, your shit, your whatever. And yeah, it's yeah. just, um, it's, yeah. it's, also, it's, it's just, you don't, under, it's hard to take, isn't it though? Any normal person, it's hard to take. I'm terrible because I am so, so, I'm such a sensitive person. And you know, I was telling you earlier that, um, about when I first became sort of famous in inverted commas and I found it really uncomfortable. I worry so much and it, I'm not vain. And no, it's not yeah. a vanity thing. No, no. It's just, I, I really need, I, I'm just needy. I need to be liked. Do you yeah, know what I mean? It's I like, exactly I'm, I'm really people. Yeah. Because I genuinely love people. I genuinely love people. I really get off on chatting to people and meeting people. And I, I always try to be as nice to everyone as I can. But if someone's not nice to me, I really go, well, why? Why are you being like that? And it, I, it, it all really upset me. And people said, well, I had a lot of shit from the X Factor thing. Because I'd put on weight. I had a bad back and... I hadn't been able to exercise and I was a new dad and relatively but new again, dad. Again, you didn't have stuff like anything. Did, it, didn't, anyway, yeah. it didn't even occur to me that everyone, anyone was going to mention it. I thought they were going to have a go about my singing, which absolutely have a go. That's what I'm putting myself on show for. No one hardly mentioned. They just hammered me because I didn't look like a 23-year-old ripped up six-pack. Totally, yeah. Which, you know, which forced me then. I lost, I lost a stone since then. Then I went back on the Hollyoaks and there was still more comparisons and then saying, oh, this is... Sh and it, I've got to say, there were so many wonderful people and I was amazed. The reception for the fans was huge. I've got... We, they got so many good stuff coming in. They couldn't have asked my return to be better received. So it was wet, far outweighed. But it's all that stuff to contend with. I don't know. I'm just... I'm well, just, no, you're I'm like me. I mean, for every exactly 100... For every 100 comments I'll get that are nice, the only comment that will stick with me is then the one that's really horrible. Yeah, you should never take it on board. I mean, years ago, I got one on Coronation Street and, and it, it shocked me into the power of social media that was someone had messaged something really awful and uh, I then retweeted it, which I shouldn't have, but kind of 
And then some soap stars on Emmerdale oh. got involved and commented. And it ended up being in the Daily Mirror. And I was like, oh, my God, how that's escalating, God, yeah. how scary it is. And I'm like, I've yeah. the journalist going, I never expected, I'd never wanted that person then to get a tirade of, you know, abuse. But so, yeah, I was then very no. because You just forget, you'd, it's very easy to write something, you know, to, write, to retaliate. I was wanting to retaliate all the time, but obviously you just have to... Well, I did. I, I I did with the with the X Factor stuff, and it, it caused a big. The papers were ringing me up, offering me all kinds of money to talk about it, and it, but it wasn't actually the experience. This is the thing they missed. Everyone was looking for me to have a go at the X Factor production, or you know, even better, Simon Cowell. I had no problem with Simon Cowell. He's a thoroughly lovely guy, yeah. and they treated us really well. They flew us first class. I stayed in the Beverly Wilshire for Christ's sake. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it was a, a. I was with my mate Brendan, who I who I adore. We got a we got a two-week holiday out of it effectively yeah, amazing. singing in between and it was we had a great time i had the best time until the damn thing came on air which is <laughs> and then every, and then it was the tr- everyone had a go at me i mean i'm thinner now than i was then i hasten to add but and i'm still, training like a bastard now but as i always say all of these comments <laughs> will not come from a supermodels at home so i mean that's that's the uh kind of no weird. i know that but i'm just like you mate i know I'm that like I know, I'm, I'm just like you So then you joined Holby City, as um, I yeah, said to you before, but I haven't said on air, I lived with David Paisley at the time, as my flatmate, who was obviously that era as yeah. well, you were there. You were the son of Dan, uh, yes. a character called Kath Fox, who played by Jan Pearson, who I love. I, one of those actresses I've always loved. Yeah, she's lovely. Um, and I went and directed yeah. Holby City after you, after you were in it, and I was shocked after soap. I mean, you wouldn't have been, because it was so slow. I mean, those hospital bed scenes, my God, could take for hours. <laughs> Um, yeah. it's a great yeah, drama. I mean, I mean, and it's in Boring Wood, as we called it, which is weird. Well, I yeah. was shocked because it's all filmed. So for anyone listening, Holby Ward is like a couple of floors of the actual office building that we work in. Um, yes. And, and it's suddenly a, suddenly a hospital. In summer, it's all glass windows. I remember just being baking hot all the time. Um, but it yeah. must be, what, yeah. what was it like over yeah. the holidays to Holby? I mean, was it a big difference for you? Was it a big difference? It was delightful. It was absolutely what I needed because the pressure and the schedule on Hollyoaks for me was ridiculous. Yeah. And suddenly I went on to a show where I didn't have, where I was a grown up, didn't have to take my shirt off. I didn't have to be uh, shooting 15 scenes in a day with amendments being given to me at lunch and expected to learn it all. You know, it was just ridiculous. I was just, it was, it was phenomenal training and the best most fun I've ever had but I just it's too much it was too much and when I went to Holby uh, Angela Griffin was already there and so was Nicola Stevenson and so was Lisa Faulkner friends of which I was friends with all of them particularly Lisa because she'd been on Brookside when I was on Hollyoaks and Angela had been date was dating Will who was my best mate Will Miller so um well so I already I had like a ready-made crew and we were in London. I was living back in North London where my house was so I could live at home and drive to work in the morning and go home at night and see my old friends. And it was amazing. You know, it was it just was. wonderful. But as you quite rightly put, really boring to shoot. Yeah. So again, it was went from one extreme. So the first year I couldn't get over, I had my own dressing room with my own showering and all this stuff as opposed to just getting changed in what used to be like a, yeah, a, just a, a, a locker room from a boys' school, boys, which is, yeah. what, you know, or, or on the and it's just suddenly it was a very and oh gosh and the best thing was they used to film top of the pops on our corridor oh yeah thursday night and 
And so, and my dressing room was on corridor M, which is, it was studio M, sorry, my dressing room was opposite the door. Oh, so wow, you were right. In my really? dressing room, really? in my dorm. Oh, I would sit there and Robbie would walk by, um, Mariah Carey would walk by, Whitney Houston would walk by, and they'd all be in their corridor of this. My favourite stories are I did uh, work experience on Grange Hill. I mean, that's before you were done, but um, oh, right. you used to have Grange Hill, Top of the Pops, EastEnders, Holby. So you go in the canteen back in the old days, you'd have people dripping with blood. You'd have yeah. Madonna sat over there, Doc Cotton over on that table. It was like <laughs> your brain would explode. You were like, yeah. what the hell is happening here? It was fantastic, wasn't it? I used to love games. I loved it. There's something about that Um, Um, It was the most, you'd walk down the corridors, wouldn't you, at Borehamwood and Elf Street, and just the pictures of what used to be made there. Mm. You know, you'd be like, you feel like you're Mm -hmm. completely an old, like an old Hollywood studio kind of thing, I thought there. Very much so, yes. I I loved it, you know. Um, It was, but like I said, I loved it up to a point. But of course, I was still young, and I was waiting to, you know, spread my wings oh, no. without that. I mean, I suppose yeah. that's the difference in Holby. You don't get as much characterful stuff to do, do you? I mean, like on the Hollywood, no. you can go through stories, a few stories in a few months. No, because... Holby, it's very slow-burning stories. In, in Holby, you're the, 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 the regulars of the supporting cast. Yes. The, the, the leads are, are the people who come on to tell their story, and you're there. I, again, when I said I wanted to leave, they were like, no, no, you can't leave. Uh, and they, But this time they did give me a big storyline and I did take it. Uh, I didn't say, no, I'm going anyway, because I managed to double my money, <laughs> basically. Um, and I, I just did that thing of, that wonderful thing, which makes you sound greedy, but you've got to be a bit ruthless sometimes because I was just genuinely doing me. Yeah. I was like, well, you have to pay me a lot more if you want me to stay for another six months. So it was good. And I got to do this. Um, we did this uh, this domestic abuse storyline with uh, with lovely Jan Pearson, who played my mum and, and my dad beating her up and all this sort of stuff and me getting into a fight. It was really quite gritty stuff. And and we got um, and I had suddenly had a relationship that broke down. I had some personal stuff to do I, and a compliment because that was prime time. You know, that was triple the viewers of Hollyoaks, if not more. And um, so it was a really good experience. And the actors I met on there, I met some wonderful people, Francis Barber, Sylvia Sim, David Soule. Remember him from, oh, from yeah, Starskin wow. All it's sorts of people. Would, everyone would kind of do a turn on Holby, you know? What, when, what I found when I worked on there, I was just actually, I mean, all the actors on all the soaps are brilliant, but what I found on Holby was there was just, it was kind of like, uh, and I'm not saying they're better actors, but because I suppose at the time, what I found was there was this level of like, mm. um, you know, there was, a, for me as a director, it was much more challenging because there was a lot more to answer to. Actors wanted to know a lot more and they'd had a lot more time to do it and you'd rehearse a lot more. Mm-hmm. And, I found it, and I found it a massive learning curve because it was a very actorly show, I thought. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't nec- it wasn't based around mm-hmm. big oh, very much so. camera work. It was based around the acting, which is quite unusual, bizarrely to say it, for a drama. You know, it was actually all about the acting. Well, it's... It, it's it's but it, it the reason these shows are so popular is because they're life and death stories, you know, yeah. and they so everything there's every story is serious. It's like every week is a serious storyline, and and it's a lot more measured. You have more time. Um, I remember when I first arrived, you know, sort of having to learn to slow down because you're expected to race through everything on Hollywood yeah. because they want to. It's like. It's like I've done kids TV as well, right? And those scenes last like they can't be longer than thirty-five seconds or something. And it's like with Hollyoaks, I don't think any scenes longer than like a minute and ten, no. uh, because they, they they it's all planned because they think of the attention span of the audience, which is kind of insulting. But I guess someone's done some research somewhere. Whereas on Holby, 
you could sit and chat for like three, four minutes in a scene, you know, and uh, the camera wouldn't move and you could just focus on what you're saying. So it's far better for an actor. So it's not just that you're better actors. You just have better stuff to do. Yeah, you know, do you know what I mean? It's just a nice, it's, it, well, yeah, you're not racing I, through everything. There's not. I, I think they explained to me when I joined that casualty, because casualty, you obviously got the before, you got what happened, whereas Holby was never about the stunt. Mm. It was always about the story coming into the hospital. So, I mean, as a director, I found it slightly boring mm. because you never got to do anything apart from uh, you would try to find the cleverest way yeah. to move around a ward. But what I loved about it was you <laughs> that time with actors, and it really, you know, took me up a level on that. But so, yeah, I mean, I still think... Holby but we had a lot of fun. I mean, oh yeah, it, it was, was quite boring to film it at, at times, but we used to do... And Laura Sadler, bless her soul, you know, who died in a horrible yes, accident. It was, yeah. That was oh, horrible. Yeah. She was like my best friend. She was she like my amazing. best friend. You yeah. know, like, Cher and I, she and I were really close. We used to hang out. She used to come and stay at mine. We'd go out in town and stuff. And with David Paisley, actually, fun enough, your old flatmate, and Jeremy and Sheffield. Louisa, and well, you played Louisa as well, who I know from EastEnders. Louisa yeah. Bradshaw White, yeah. Bradshaw White, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and so Laura and I, we used to, basically, we were sort of really, like, we used to say we're the highest paid extras in the country because sometimes they, <laughs> because they're so open shot, they think, I'm sorry, you have to stay for the rest of the day because yeah. you're going to be seen in the back of the shot for this thing. So... First of all, we decided we'd see how many pints we could drink at lunch in the BBC bar and get away with it. <laughs> then we realised very quickly that that wasn't an idea, because it, not because we could, we were just in the background, but it was just because we realised we kept having to stop the shoot to go for a week. So <laughs> yeah. then we just got really, we just got really filthy. We'd be handing each other notes, like in a really serious, with just <laughs> rude, ruder and ruder comments and drawings and just, but like, just miming to each other and passing each other documents as if they were supposed to be medical forms and just with disgusting stuff, trying to make each other laugh. So it's, you know, it's these things going on in the background, but it's not very professional, but. Uh, so let's go to yeah. before, um, we won't speak too much. I won't keep too much longer, but so you started, which I found really yeah. interesting. You did a degree in politics and public administration and were a merchant banker right. for a while. Yeah. Can you believe that? I was one of those guys who was going to be, I, was, I just really, when I left school, I really wanted to make money. I just thought I want to be rich. And then I very, and I luckily, and I worked really hard. I wrote to all these companies and did, I, what I did, I got temp jobs, temping jobs, like doing anything as a post boy, making the tea, whatever, just to get in to these banks. And then I was very driven. And then I got myself a job on the floor and all the rest of it. Then I realized, God, it's disgusting. <laughs> I absolutely hated it. And I just thought, and then a friend of mine was working and um, in a TV company and they were in a production uh, company in Soho, Wardour Street. And uh, there was a job coming up there as an accounts clerk. I mean, I blagged into that. And I just enjoyed the whole, it, it's really interesting how much I changed because I thought I wanted to be rich and have this life. And I think very quickly realized how shallow and awful it was and the people were <laughs> genuinely horrible people I mean really horrible people and I was just like I don't want to do that I don't care how much money they're going to give me and I went to work in tv and everyone was wearing jeans and rocking up and being cool and uh, and we had famous people coming into the studio and, but not earning and much money. Just... <laughs> no we weren't earning much money but the thing is the only reason I wanted to earn money was so that I could be going to cool places and seeing famous people so I figured yeah, well, I'm doing that now yeah so <laughs> And then bizarrely, I ended up in front of the camera just because I, I think, because I, I looked nice, and people used to say, "You should have a go. You should have a go." And then you know, the rest is history. I just so you weren't ever, you weren't off. ever. I mean, I'm surprised you weren't. I mean, all compliments to you, mate. You were, you know, stunning. Gut, you were a star, but you were, you know, back then you were a stunning, stunning man. 
were you never approached by modeling and things like that would you know well, god oh god yeah oh, oh yeah oh yeah i modeled the shit out of it are you kidding oh, right in, yeah okay I was, men's, I was in men's vogue i did armani i did uh, loads of stuff yeah Oh, God, yeah. No, I did. But that is that after you became into TV? I mean, as, as a youngster, no. you, you weren't driven to uh, acting back then. Do you know what I mean? Your drive was not that at the time. No, no, no. The modelling came uh, just just because I got spotted and uh, yeah. uh, in yeah. Manchester and then I was in London. And um, but again, it was I didn't it wasn't it wasn't satisfying for me. You know, um, well, I was always better on the on the, the I did. I, started, I ended up doing commercials, which is kind of how I got into into Hollywood, because I heard about the audition from a commercial I was doing and some of the actors on that had done it. And so it kind of snowballed from that. I was I, when it came to standing posing, I wasn't very confident in that respect. But when it was coming to actually acting, and being moving and playing a boyfriend or doing whatever part I was doing, I was I was picking those up. So I was it's kind of I found my way through that. You see what I mean? I suppose uh, I suppose the big difference of modeling and acting is, and which a lot of I mean I think a lot of people would understand this. I've got a lot of actor friends, obviously. And the real them is not this confident. I mean, God, there's so many characters. Say I will use Emma for example, who plays Charity and Emmerdale, who's this man hungry, evil. You know, yeah. in real life, you're going to get any different. Emma's the most shy nervous person and lovely right. and, uh, but so i think acting gives you that chance to not be yourself whereas modeling obviously yes. is just you on show isn't it it's not well that's why i think kate moss is such an exceptional model because people yeah. don't really get it it's so much harder than people to, to come across so differently to be, be a chameleon like that and you she's not i mean of course there's makeup and hair and it's much more for girls but still the way, just to, 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 to give off this aura differently. I mean, it's really quite something to behold. I think she's incredible. Terrific. She is incredible. How she's maintained it for years is, um, is yeah. And, and and as we know, the TV industry can can lead you very much down the wrong path. But modelling can, my God, the road that you can get on a model yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to survive that. Because I think in TV, for younger people, I always say, when I do talks to actors, never be in this job of fame because fame will eat you alive. And, you know, you, you know now... Mm. People see fame, I think, if they're not in it, as something very different than it is. Because, yeah, it can be exciting, but it also brings a lot of, lot of rubbish yeah. as well. And so bringing me on to Celebrity Big Brother, because you obviously did that, which I've always been really... Mm. I mean, I, I remember being at... Um, we filmed... I filmed the Queen Vic burning down, and we had a special Queen Vic built in the uh, George Lucas stage. And Big Brother was on at the time, and I had a tour round the house, mm. you know, behind the black curtains. And I was actually amazed it was like a zoo. I mean, it really was, I felt like really, there was mm. watching their teeth. I mean, how did it feel, the experience going in there? You went in the camera runs, you mean? Yeah, the I went in the camera runs. runs. Yeah, yeah. I was eight, I mean, I'm always shocked every time when I go onto a set, yeah. how much smaller it is, but the house was yeah. 10 times smaller than it looked and just yeah. very intense. I mean, I felt actually mm. bad looking through the camera because I was like, my God, this feels really weird. I mean, was it... Do you go in that house and, and adjust to it? Or, I mean, obviously you're going yeah. in, Celebrity Big Brother, you're all going in for lots of money, which is amazing. I would I, I yeah. would actually do it because I think you learn about yourself and I think what an incredible experience, but you know you're playing it out well, the, to the world as well. I did it because I was a big fan of the show. I was fascinated by it. I used to go over into those camera runs after work because I was oh, friends right, with okay. Dermot. You know, Dermot O'Leary used to present it and he and I have been friends for quite some time and we were good mates and so I used to go and see him and go in there which is why they knew I'd do it because they would they knew that I was a big fan and so when they asked me uh, and the money was ridiculous as well and I just but even then it was just like oh, I've got to do it I thought it'd be real fun and it actually was really not fun because they decided <laughs> to do a mean big brother and they took everything away and it was a shame because it just made me sort of shut down because I just became really aware they were trying to wind me up and if someone's just trying to wind you up 
if you're like me yeah you just you just go i'm not going to react <laughs> yes uh, whereas yeah. i think they would have got a lot more out of me if they'd have just we just had fun i think we would have ended up probably arguing more we would have ended up showing off more someone probably would end up snogging someone or something like that whereas as it was because they took all our food away and made us freezing cold we all just banded together and sat there and waited for it to go over get over it's a real shame i think that's why it's ended because i think the original big brother i mean it became too stunty you know the the idea is i'd love to do it if it wasn't on television to be honest because you know i've advised so many mates not to do it because a i know there's a different side to them that you're like god like they will pick up on that you know i mean Nero from s club i mean had the worst experience of her life you know but oh god bless her yeah so, um yes interesting isn't it because i would want to do it but, um all right they well listen it's been amazing to have you on and because you are Thank i think you. an icon of uh so yeah. icon of telly and it's been lovely to speak to you and reminisce Oh, you're very kind. Thank you very much. I'm really glad that we connected. And thank you very much for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Brilliant. All right. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Speak to you soon. All right, buddy. Cheers. Take care. Bye, Bye. mate. A bona fide Hollyoaks legend. Thank you so much to Jeremy for coming on the show. And remember, this series of Soap from the Box, there are two episodes every single Sunday. So make sure you listen to the other one right now if you haven't already. It's with Linda Lusardi, a brilliant friend from Emmerdale. Remember all week to interact with me on social media at Soap from the Box on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Thank you to David and Eileen Stevens and the Bothy for all their edit and technical wizardry and to the brilliant Ian McCallum for all of his press and PR help. Hope you have a brilliant week. I'll see you next week. Soap from the Box.